Well, today is, is the first Sunday in December, and I knew it was because we sang a Christmas song. Right? So I knew December was here, and we're all beginning to think about Christmas. Christmas is really the most celebrated holiday in the entire world, celebrating the birth of Christ. The date, December 25th, was set, they tell us, around the 4th century. And it was set exactly nine months after the traditional date of the conception of Jesus Christ on March 25th. But really, we're not exactly sure what day Jesus was born. That's just the day we've chosen to celebrate. The celebration of Christmas is not commanded. It's not uh, even mentioned in the Bible. And yet, the Christmas holiday really is here to stay worldwide, uh, even countries that are not Christian uh, celebrate the Christmas holiday. And so rather than ignoring it, uh, rather than saying, wow, the Bible doesn't tell us to do it, we want to redeem the holiday of Christmas for God. And so as Christians, during this season, we can help others to reflect on the miracle of Jesus being born. You see, as Christians, we believe Jesus was not just another ordinary human baby, but he was God incarnate, God in the flesh, fully human and fully divine at the same time. And Jesus came to this earth on a mission from God, a mission to save us. That's why he came, to ultimately die on the cross for our sins and be resurrected. And that mission led to salvation and the possibility of eternal life for everyone who lives on this planet so today we're beginning a new message series, which I've entitled Jesus the Messiah. And in your bulletins is a white page. I encourage you to take it out. It has the outline written out there, and you can take some notes and fill in the blanks. And some questions on the back side can help you in your own personal Bible study, uh, as well as some of the life groups will be looking at those as well. Jesus the Messiah. So let's begin by talking about what does the word Messiah mean? But when you read the Old Testament prophets, you see that they are looking forward to something happening. They're looking forward to somebody coming. They're looking forward to a Savior that's going to do wonderful things for the people of God. They're looking for a coming king, not only a Savior, but a king who will rule his people, who will deliver them from exile and bring them back to the promised land. And that Savior king is often referred to as the anointed one, and that is what the word Messiah stands for, the anointed one. And in the Old Testament prophets, we read that this Messiah would bring the kingdom of God to this earth. This Messiah would bring justice and righteousness along with judgment on all of God's enemies. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 17 talks about this Messiah that was prophesied. It says, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so we see from this prophecy from the prophet Isaiah that this coming Messiah would be a human child who would grow 
to become a king. And from the Messiah's titles, we see that not only would he be human, he would also be God. Mighty God is one of his titles. And that he would reign over the kingdom of God with justice and righteousness forever and ever. And so, true Jewish believers have been longing at the time of Christ's birth, have been longing for this Messiah to come for thousands of years. And so in this message series, we're going to be taking a look, first of all, in each message at an Old Testament prophecy of the coming Messiah, and then at the New Testament fulfillment of that in the person of Jesus Christ. The title Christ in the New Testament actually means anointed one, and so it is is basically synonymous with Messiah. And so we see that Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, brought the kingdom of God to his people. And that kingdom and reign that Jesus brought as the Messiah will continue through the church until Jesus returns again, until the Messiah comes for the second time. And when he does, then all the Old Testament prophecies will be completely fulfilled. When Christ comes the second time, he's going to judge his enemies. He's going to bring everlasting peace. He's going to bring joy in a new heavens and new earth. And so our goal in this series is to see Jesus in a new light. As we see him portrayed in the Old Testament as the coming Messiah, and as we see him beginning his rule and restoration of the people of God in the New Testament that continues through his church to this day. And as we see Jesus more clearly, not only will we worship him ourselves, but we'll have more of a passion, more of a compassion for those who do not yet know him to share the good news with them as well. Now this morning, the message is entitled Messiah's Miracles. I'm going to look at an ancient prophecy from Isaiah again that foretold the ministry of the Messiah and the miracles that he would work. And then we're going to look at how Jesus used the miracles that he performed as evidence that he indeed was the Messiah who was to come, prophesied by the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before. And the miracles that the Messiah worked, that Jesus worked when he was here on this earth, are continuing to be worked by Jesus through his spirit in his church today. So let's begin by looking at the Messiah prophesied. The prophet Isaiah prophesied during the final collapse and exile of the northern kingdom, Israel. And as he prophesied, the southern kingdom, Judah, was sliding into moral decline as well. Things were not going well for the people of God during Isaiah's ministry. And yet he prophesied a glorious future. That would happen when the Messiah, the king, would come. And so in the prophetic writings of Isaiah, the Lord is revealing, the Lord is speaking. He's speaking about his will for the future through the prophet. First of all, we see that the Messiah is going to strengthen, strengthen us. Verse 35 Verse 3 says, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. As we said before, the nation of Israel was in trouble. 
They were deep in sin. There was a threat of an Assyrian invasion. The future looked bleak. And in times of trouble, in times when things don't look so good in the future, it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to not feel like doing anything. You may feel like your knees are wobbly. You don't know which way to go. You don't know where to turn. You don't feel like your hands can do anything. Now, the whole of Isaiah 35 is about the wonderful things that the Messiah is going to bring to the people of Israel eventually. But in response to this hope that's going to come, God here commands his people to strengthen their hands and to steady their knees as they wait on him, as they wait for his strength. In other words, get ready. Get ready for what is coming through the strength of the Lord. He's got things for you to do. He's got a plan for you to carry out. He wants to steady your knees so that you can walk and run in his way. He wants to strengthen your hands so that you can do his work. And what God spoke to Israel through the prophet Isaiah thousands of years ago, he speaks to us today as well. You can be strengthened because of the Messiah. The Messiah will save you. Verse 4 continues and says, Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, for your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And so in the days of Isaiah, the people were afraid. They were afraid of the coming Assyrian invasion that would kill many of them and carry the rest off into exile. They were afraid of their enemies who are coming as God's judgment upon the sin of Israel. But rather than being weak, the prophet says they are to be strong. Why? Because the Messiah, their God, was coming. He was coming to save those who turned to him by carrying out judgment on their enemies. In other words, the Messiah was coming to save God's people from the consequence of their sins and God's res resultant judgment. But that could only come if the people repented and turned to God. The Messiah was there to banish fear. The Messiah was there to instill courage in the people of God. And unfortunately, the nation of Israel at that time did not heed God's warning. They did not inherit God's promise. And the Assyrian invasion came and God's judgment fell. But today, Isaiah is still speaking to those who will listen. And God is commanding those who are fearful. He's commanding those who are worried today about the future to be strong and to not fear. His word to us today is that your God is coming to save you from your troubles, from your sins, which are often the cause of our troubles. God commands us to be strong, to not fear because the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, the Messiah will bring healing. Verse 5, it says, Then, when the Messiah comes, then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And so when the Messiah comes, not only will fear be banished, but he will bring healing. Here it says the blind will see, the deaf will hear. Now, this applies on the spiritual level, first of all. Those who had no hope, who couldn't see God in their 
surroundings will see the Messiah. Their eyes will be open to see this king coming. Those who have not been able to hear and to understand the word of God will now begin to hear and respond to the word of God. Their ears will be opened. But the truths of the Messiah's healing power do not do not just apply to physical healing, they also apply I'm, to spiritual healing, they also apply to physical healing. Those who are physically blind, those people will be able to see again. Those who are physically deaf will be able to hear again when the Messiah comes. And so the coming Messiah prophesied by Isaiah would bring physical healing to the people of God. He would bring restoration to their lives, restoration to their families. And we can expect the Messiah to do the same in our own lives, in our own time. The Messiah will bring joy. Verse 6, Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So when the lame are healed, when the mute can speak again, there is joy. The lame will dance for joy. The, the mute will shout for joy. The, the Messiah will replace sorrow with joy and gladness when he comes. Speaks of the desert. The desert is a place of isolation. The desert is a place of sadness. Speaks of water coming in the desert. In the Bible, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit who brings life to the deserts of our lives, who brings life to the desert of our world that's been desolated by sin. And so the coming of the Messiah brings joy. And we see here hints of the involvement of the Spirit in the ministry of the Messiah. And so whatever you are going through in life today, the Messiah wants to bring joy into your life as well. Now, in the New Testament, Old Testament prophecies were often cited. Thus it was written. An Old Testament prophecy is cited. And in the New Testament, these prophecies are fulfilled in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so the fulfillment of these prophecies given hundreds or thousands of years ago in the Old Testament are powerful evidence of the authority of God's Scripture, of the supernatural nature of the Word of God, its internal evidence. And so not only should these prophecies encourage us in our walk with God, the God who saw the future thousands of years ago and it was fulfilled in the life of Jesus and it's being fulfilled even in our day, that same God knows the future today and He can guide us in His plans and in His purposes. And so this morning, not only should those prophecies encourage us, they also should, should be used in our witness to demonstrate to other people the authority of God's Word. What God said would happen, did happen. God's Word can be trusted. And as we look at the prophecies of Isaiah, chapter 35 today, Some of you need new strength this morning. You feel weak. Maybe you feel depressed. You know, when you're depressed, sometimes you just don't want to get out of bed, right? You don't want to do anything. You need strength. 
God wants to give you new strength this morning. Others need to be saved from some besetting sin that you just can't get the victory of. The Messiah wants to come to bring that breaking of the bonds to set you free. Some of you need to be set free from fear. You worry all the time about what's going to come in the future. Your life is bound by fear. Maybe you call it worry. Maybe you call it anxiety. It's the same thing. God wants to set you free. Others may need healing. Maybe you need healing in your physical body. You may need healing in your mind. God wants to bring healing to you. And yet others, you're not depressed, but you're not filled with joy either. And God wants your life to be filled with joy. He wants to bring joy to you. And the answer to all of those needs is found in the Messiah. And Jesus Christ is that Messiah who is prophesied to come. Of the four Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew is the one directed to identifying Jesus as the promised Messiah. All the way throughout the Gospel of Matthew, ten times Matthew quotes Old Testament prophecy and then shows how it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so this morning we're going to look at a, at a passage from Matthew 11 that fulfills Isaiah's prophecy. In this case, he doesn't actually even quote it exactly, but he shows how Isaiah's prophecy of the miracles of the Messiah are fulfilled in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Let's pick up the story in Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. It says, After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ, remember Christ means the Messiah, was doing, he sent his disciples. And so the background in this passage is that John the Baptist had been imprisoned by the King Herod for publicly rebuking Herod's sin. Herod had, had married someone he shouldn't have. He divorced his wife, married somebody else. He did all kinds of things. And John the Baptist said, that's wrong. You shouldn't have done that. He publicly rebuked the king. The king didn't like it. Locked him up in prison. And now John was in prison and he was hearing reports from some of his friends were coming to him and talking about Jesus. Now John had baptized Jesus. And now he was hearing reports of Jesus' ministry. And John was beginning to wonder if Jesus was really the Messiah. Because you see, in John's day, many of the Jews thought that the Messiah would be a political king, that he would come to drive out the Romans and set the people of Israel free. But that was not happening. Jesus didn't seem to be raising an army. He didn't seem to be fighting against the Romans. And so John sent some of his disciples to question Jesus to find out what was going on. And as we'll see, Matthew's intention is that we shouldn't doubt that Jesus was the Messiah. Verse 3, John's disciples were sent to ask Jesus, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? And so that question implies to me that John was beginning to doubt. Is Jesus really the one who was prophesied to come? Or, or perhaps it's somebody coming in the future. 
Is Jesus really the Messiah or not? Now, why would John the Baptist doubt? Well, first of all, John was in prison. Now, if the Messiah came and John was a great prophet of the Lord, would the Messiah allow this prophet to be put in prison? It's like, maybe John didn't expect that. Expected when the Messiah came, he'd have a great place. In the Messiah's ministry, instead, he was rotting in prison. Maybe that's not what the Messiah would allow. Secondly, we said before, Jesus was doing nothing to overthrow the Roman government. He was doing nothing to set the people of Israel politically free. John was still believing the Messiah would come. He wasn't doubting that, but he said, are you the one, Jesus? Or perhaps it's somebody else. So how did Jesus answer John? Well, Jesus said that he was bringing healing. So Jesus replied to John's messengers in verse 4. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. And so what was Jesus doing here? Jesus was saying, I am the Messiah, and here is how you can know. Here is the evidence. The evidence is found in my healing ministry. Just as Isaiah prophesied, the blind are receiving sight. The lame are walking, the deaf are hearing. The lepers are being cured, and even the dead are being raised. This was evidence, Jesus was saying, of the power of God working in and through me as the Christ, as the Messiah. This healing power was evidence that the kingdom of God had drawn near to God's people through the ministry of Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus repeatedly preached, the kingdom of God is near. The power of the kingdom is in your midst as he healed the people. And not only was Jesus bringing healing, but Jesus was bringing salvation. The verse ends in 5 and says, And the good news, Jesus said, is preached to the poor. The good news is the gospel. The word gospel means good news. Jesus' ministry comprised basically of two things. He was healing the sick. That included casting out demons. And he was preaching the gospel. He preached the gospel to the poor. Now, this certainly encompasses those who are financially poor. They don't have much money. It also encompasses those, as we read the gospels, those who are spiritually poor. Those who realize that life without God is a spiritually poor life. Only those who, are recon who, only those who recognize they are poor without the Messiah are open to receiving him into their lives as their Savior. And so the Messiah came. He came to bring salvation, both as we read Matthew, for the Jew and the Gentile. And so as Isaiah had promised, the, the Messiah come is coming to save his people from their sins. And so Jesus had come, preaching the gospel that would save those who put their trust in him. Now the blessing of the Messiah is not for everyone, it's only for those who put their trust in Jesus as the Messiah. 
Jesus ends his statement to the messengers of John by saying, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. And with this statement, Jesus informs us there are two ways that people can react to him as the Messiah. The first way are those who fall away, those who stumble on account of who Jesus is. And so with this statement, Jesus was warning John. He's warning others, don't fall away from your belief in me because I don't fit your picture of the coming Messiah. Maybe your picture is wrong. Not maybe, your picture is wrong. You see, the Old Testament prophets saw the first and second coming of the Messiah together. And that's how the prophecies are often worded. They saw them as coming at the same time. And we know today that the first coming of the Messiah and the second coming are separated by 2,000 plus years. And so the coming of the Messiah the second time is going to overthrow all evil. It's going to bring judgment to all of God's enemies. But Jesus' first coming didn't accomplish that. It's a work in progress will be completed when he comes the second time. And so the Old Testament prophets spoke of Jesus' healing ministry. They spoke of him judging all his enemies. But all John saw was the healing ministry. Those who fall away. Those who don't keep believing will not be blessed. Those who don't fall away, those who keep on believing that Jesus is the Messiah, are those who will be blessed. And I believe that John the Baptist was encouraged by what Jesus told his disciples, and I believe he continued to trust in Jesus as the Messiah. I believe God revealed to him that Jesus indeed was the Messiah. And so thousands of years ago, around 700 B.C., Isaiah prophesied the coming Messiah. 700 years later, Jesus was born, and he fulfilled the prophetic word of Isaiah. He healed the sick. He preached the gospel, and ultimately he brought the promise of salvation to, to the whole world, to everyone who would believe and put their trust in him. Jesus came as the anointed one the Messiah, the Christ. He came as the Lord or the King. And one day, he's going to return again. And at that time, he will judge everyone with justice. And so this Christmas season, Jesus the Messiah, not here on this earth anymore. He's ruling and reigning in heaven. He's waiting for the word of the Father. When is it time to come? Once again, and so this Christmas season, Jesus the Messiah, he wants you to be strengthened with his power, both in your body and in your spirit. He wants to bring healing into your life. He wants to bring healing into your relationships. He wants to fill your life with joy as you follow him, as you work out his plan and purpose for your life, as you anticipate his coming again. And so to receive the gifts of the Messiah, first of all, you must accept his salvation. You must put your trust and faith in him. To have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to admit that you've sinned. 
that you've done wrong things. You need to believe, put your trust in Jesus as the coming Messiah, as the Savior, and commit your life to following him as your king, as your Lord. So if you've never prayed a prayer like that, with those elements, if you've never put your trust in Jesus in that way, or perhaps you have in the past, but if you make an honest assessment of your life this morning, you would say you're not following him as your king, as your Lord, as your leader each and every day. You're, you're following what you want to do. And perhaps today is your day to recommit your life to him as your Messiah, as your Lord, as your leader. So I'd like to ask us all to bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. I'd encourage you to pray it with me for the first time or perhaps as a recommitment prayer. Say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things that I know were not in keeping with your plan for my life. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross to take the punishment for my sins, arose from the dead three days later. I commit myself to following him as my Lord and Savior, as the Christ, as the Messiah, from this day forth and forever. Thank you for coming into my life. For those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the prophetic word in the Old Testament that shows your supernatural power down through the centuries. Thank you for the prophet Isaiah who prophesied of the coming Messiah, Jesus. We thank you that Jesus fulfilled the prophetic word in his ministry and he continues to fulfill that word in our day and time by his church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to receive blessing from Jesus the Messiah this morning. Strengthen those today who are here, God, who feel weak. Give courage to those who are fearful, worried, and anxious. Give them hope, we pray. Heal those who are sick, God, and save those who are far from you. May no one fall away from putting their trust and their life to you each and every day. Help us, God, during this Christmas season to share the true meaning of Christmas, to share the blessings of Jesus, the Messiah, to those around us. Give us opportunities when people are talking about Christmas to talk about Jesus who came to bring true life eternal life to everyone who would accept it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.